Hello, everyone. I'm Alan Furstenberg. And I'm Mark Tucker. We are Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Welcome, everyone. How's it yeah, going, how Mark? You doing? I'm, I'm doing, doing fine. <laughs> we're talking. We got to start off, but we're talking over each other. No, let's keep it going. Keep it going. All right. That's fine. Hey, I've got a joke for you. Okay. All right. So this is a joke about uh, two brothers. Two brothers. Right? Yeah. So Pete and his brother Repeat were sitting in a boat. Pete <laughs> fell out. Who was left? Repeat. Hey, Pete and Repeat were sitting in a boat. <laughs> so, this is like, an old joke. You sound like you're acting like a very, very poorly designed voice agent there. <laughs> hey, that would be an awesome idea for a skiller action. Just do the, the Pete Repeat joke. Over Maybe it's already been done. Over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I thought we could talk a little bit about um, repeat. Um, the actually, how do you code um, a repeat um, into your skiller action? We've we've had questions about that before, right? Yeah, and we've kind of danced around the topic a little bit. I yeah. know that uh, one of the things, and it and it's an important question because one of the things that the review teams do look for is making sure that you've implemented repeat. Uh, even though they don't really give you guidance about how to do so or what it should look like. And recently we talked a couple of episodes ago about how that's a new standard intent on the action builder side, at least it is in English. <laughs> yeah, and, and the same with the, on, on the Alexa side, you need to have a repeat intent and there's a, there's a, a specific type, amazon.repeat intent, and you have to implement it, but you have to implement it all on your own. Yeah, they don't really give a lot of guidance there. So um, I know this is also something I tackled early on with multivocal. Uh, how, do, how do you deal with that? Well, um, there's the, the way that you would do it in the standard uh, ask SDK. Um, and there's the way that you do it in Jovo. Um, and not surprisingly, Jovo is easier. <laughs> um, but I guess before we jump into that, let's talk about um, the two different types of responses. There's, either, there's the response that you give where you just say some message and you end the session and it's over. Um, it could be something where you deep link in, but you really want to do just to, you know, what's your you know, horoscope for today? And it gives you the horoscope and it's, it's done. Or when you end and you've got some sort of a message you want to give uh, before the, the session ends. Mm -hmm. In Alexa terminology, that is a tell. So you do a tell and you have some message, you know, output speech that you give and then the session ends and you're done. Okay. No reason to do a repeat on that. No. Well, there's also no opportunity to yeah. because you're, it, you're, it closes. You're, 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 you're not around. So the second type is what we call on Alexa side an ask. So that's where we give some sort of response and then um, we keep the session open. And the guidelines indicate that when you do that, then you have to answer, you have to ask a question um, as part of your TTS response to keep the conversation going. Don't always agree with that. I think there's some cases where it's better conversationally that you don't do that, but that is a requirement. And so- That's interesting. Uh, so, so the guidelines on the Google side around that don't say that you have to ask a question but they do say that you need to make it clear that you expect a response. And we get one of the, the common questions that we get a lot is uh, the review team has told me that I kept my microphone open. How do I close the microphone? And the answer is that's not the question. 
you know, yeah. they say you kept the microphone open because they didn't know that they were supposed to say something in reply. There was no prompting. So that really is just shortcut for you need to prompt the user, which usually means you need to ask the user a question. Right. And so because that happens, maybe there's a situation on the user side of things that you didn't hear the whole text or you wanted to, you know, somebody with, came in and started talking right in the middle of you trying to listen to what was going on and you want to be able to repeat the last thing that they said. Uh, or sometimes you want to buy yourself some time on a quiz game <laughs> trying to- <laughs> To uh, think of the answer. To, to, to stammer and try to think, think of the answer. Um, but um, so if you think about the output that's coming back from them, there's actually um, still on the Amazon side of things, um, uh, there are two pieces. There's the output text that comes back, which is the message, and then the prompt or the thing that would indicate that this is, you know, asking a question. And then there's something called the reprompt. So um, on, the, on the Alexa side of things, you give the message, which is the message plus prompt. And then if they don't answer within you know, seven seconds, then the reprompt triggers. And that, that could be, you know, in essence, as simple as asking the prompt again, um, just the prompt part, or you know, giving some more detail or some detailed hint, like say this, something that will maybe help clarify why mm -hmm. they're stuck and not answering. Now, here's the thing. So for either of those, if they say, what did you say? Or can you repeat that? What does it do? It, it well, it should handle it the same way under either the prompt or the reprompt case, right? Yes. Okay. So that's interesting. One of the um, it's slightly different on the on the Google side. There is no automatic reprompt. Instead, that kind of scenario triggers a no input intent, and you're expected to handle the no input however you see fit. You could handle right. that the same way as you handle a repeat or you can handle it the same way you handle a no match, or you could handle it in some other way, that's up to you. So either way, we've got these scenarios where we need to, the user may in some cases be confused and may ask for a repeat of some sort, right? Right. One of, one of I think the design questions is, well, what does that mean? Because on the surface and the easiest approach would be, well, you just say back exactly what you just said, right? Right. But that's not always the right thing. And this is where a good conversation designer might, you know, help you out. Yes. So this is where a conversation designer might say, well, it might be okay to just, you know, say back what you just said. Or maybe this is a case where the user saying repeat or asking us to say it over again really means you just use terms that were nonsensical to me. Try that again. What, you know, what, yeah. What do you mean by that? Say that a different way, please. Right. Say it a different way. Say it clearer. Maybe say it slower. Maybe say it, you know, without the background noise. We, you know, there's a lot of possibilities what it could mean. Um, regardless, though, we need to say, give something back. Right. And then also let's throw into the mix the, the situation where you have some really long text, you're reading off something really long, and then you've got a prompt at the end. Um, and maybe they've missed, I don't know, it's hard to tell because maybe they missed something in the middle of the long text that they want to repeat. So maybe the right answer is to repeat the whole thing. Or maybe it's repeat a gist or summary of what it was. Right. Or maybe it's just 
repeat the prompt again, right? Um, so that uh, they they know what to do. You know, maybe they got lost, and that's that's also why the guidance is to add the the question at the end. End. Yes. And do the most important stuff at the beginning. Yep. Um, and try so, to keep it short. Right. And all of these cases are cases where a good conversation designer will help you shape that. Right. So, um, all right. So we talked about kind of why we might need a repeat. Um, and, but how, do, how are we going to store this information? Because it needs to be someplace because the mm -hmm. code on the back end is stateless. Um, and so that on the, on the Alexa side talks about two different places that you can store data. You can store data at the session level. So when you start up the skill, then that starts a new session. And for every response that comes back, you can store something in a, um, a session, in session variables. You can have multiple uh, session variables. It can be a JSON object or mm -hmm. whatnot. But that actually comes back as part of the response that Alexa is returning to the Alexa service and then onto the device. Um, <clears throat> well, I'm assuming it's onto the device. Because um, otherwise, then the Alexa service would have to keep state on its side, which I don't know that that would be a good idea. Um, but then when you ask the next, um, when you get, when the user gives the next response, part of the request is going to be the session information that was passed as part of the response. And so mm -hmm. it round trips kind of like a cookie um, <clears throat> information so that you could have that information back inside your skill. So you could store, you know, exactly what the output text and reprompt was um, on the response and get it back on the next request. And if that next Thing that they said was repeat then you've got hey this is exactly yep. what i just uh stored and uh and it will play it back now do you still keep that around or do you make the repeat be the, the thing re that what, you, what so if, yeah. if they repeat twice what do you do and how do you yeah you know, I mean, I so, so that's the session side of things and then or you can store it on user um, with the user data which usually means that it's stored in a database and it's persisted across time. Mm -hmm. um, and, there, and there might be reasons to do that. If you come back into a session, um, it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense on the repeat side of things. You're not gonna jump into a session and then immediately say repeat. Um, no, because, you might, I mean, there, there are cases yeah. where you might though. So again, so, think yeah, of, you so know, talk to the conversation designer. Yes, definitely some things to think about there. So. Um, uh, tell me a little bit about it on the Google side of things. So that's a, that's with the ASK, right? Um, well, yeah, that is what, well, actually it's both with the um, Alexa Skills Kit SDK and Jovo because behind the scenes, they store it the same way when you're, when you're on Alexa. Okay. So on the Google side, uh, the standard Google libraries give you absolutely no support for this whatsoever. Um, which is one of the things that I, I think I recognized early when I was writing multivocal. So one of the first things I added to the multivocal library was direct support for repeat. And it does it the exact same way. In multivocal, I break it up into two parts. Um, one part I call the response and one part, actually I call one part the message and the other part the suffix. And again, okay. that's meant to be the, the, the uh, response and the prompt for exactly that reason. Um, and we can go into another time about how it actually handles the two, but it stores those as part of a session variable that it 
you know, checks if you say repeat the next time and it automatically updates it for you. So this is part of the library. You do absolutely nothing. In fact, I even provide a sample intent that you can plug in that automatically enables it. So you can literally not think about it at all. There's a catch, however, because <laughs> there always is. Um, on the Google side recently with action build, so this worked great under Dialogflow where uh, every intent sent back a response. However, in Action Builder, that doesn't work anymore. So every scene in Action Builder can call a webhook and it can get something from a, a static prompt. And it can even call webhooks multiple times in some circumstances and then multiple prompts in some circumstances. And it puts them all together into what it calls the prompt queue. And when it determines it's ready to send things out, and it's there, there are rules about when it will send the queue finally, it sends you everything from the queue. The problem is if you then say repeat, you don't know what needs to be repeated. You know, your webhook could have been called three times. Mm. And you don't know when, you know, if it was called at the first stage of a queue, if the queue had just been dumped, what the state of the queue was when you were, when you sent that reply. So there's no automatic way to know that. You know, you can build your, you know, your system so that you know, okay, this webhook will only be called once. And I guarantee that nothing else will have been called before then. But that's a lot of additional, you know, there's no way that I can automatically build that into a library. Right. That's problem one. Problem two is that you can mix webhook calls that return a prompt and static prompts that you set as part of Action Builder. It will mix them together for you, but you in a webhook don't know what's been added to the prompt queue and what hasn't. So there's no good way to handle repeat anymore which is funny because now they've given us this built-in intent, repeat. Um, so right now, the best that I do is, you know, there, so there are two solutions. One is multivocal right now kind of punts on the problem. All it does is store the last thing that was sent back and repeat will still just resend that back. It can't know about, you know, it doesn't know about anything else. So that's all it's gonna do. That's all it's gonna do. So that's one. Two is that you can build into a scene. If you say repeat, you can kind of redirect back to the start of the scene. You can re-enter the scene, which will re-trigger everything. The problem with that is that other state may have already changed. Right. Um, and then of course, there's just the third thing where you say, okay, repeat, we handle it specially and because our conversation designer told us to. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's not necessarily a good answer either, but that's, those are kind of the options that we have right now. That's interesting. So um, I guess, have you considered storing that in a, in a database as opposed to storing it with a scene or with a... It doesn't, I mean, it's stored as part of the state. It's stored as part of the session state. I could store it in part of the database, but I still don't know when the, I don't know when the prompt queue gets dumped, when the prompt mm -hmm. queue gets sent to the user. There's, there's no information about that. 
no events, nothing to indicate no. that, that that's happened. Interesting. No. You know, again, if if I design my scenes carefully and well, I as a developer will know that. And I as a developer can say, okay, I will now manually store my part of stuff until this webhook, because I know after this webhook, it's going to get sent to the user. But that's implying a lot of structural knowledge. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's building in some tribal knowledge into the right. into the system that somebody else will jump in and like later have right. no idea what's right. going on. Where there's a good chance that somewhere that will fail. Yeah, and, uh, and it's one of those multiple days trying to scratch your head and figure out why this simple thing is failing. Right. Yes. So um, it's been this has been a request. This has been an item that has been identified with you know the team since Action Builder launched last year. And we haven't gotten a solution yet. Oh, interesting. So, no, that's a, that sounds like it's a, a kind of a conundrum. It's a requirement, but uh, not really any support, and not necessarily a good way to support it. Whereas, it seems like it's a lot simpler on the Alexa side of things. There, there isn't a way to specifically just say store state. You have to still do that on your side, which would be. You know, the, the hard way, brute force way, is that every intent that returns a response, you would take and store the information in a session or in the database. The easier way with like the Alexa Skills Kit uh, SDK is there's something called response interceptors. So you can say, I want to handle, here's some code right before things get returned on the response. And you could look at the, the fields for the output speech and the, and the reprompt take a snapshot of those, store them someplace else in a different variable. And then when you say repeat, then pull those out of that you know, session or user. So that's that's how you do it on the Ask SDK. Now it's quite a bit easier on the Jovo side of things. They've chosen to go ahead and use the, uh, the user data. So storing in the database, that's where your repeat's gonna be. Because actually what they do is there's a setting um, for user context. And, and so in, in a config file, you just turn on user context, um, which was really just a shortcut method of saying, I want you to store the previous request and response um, and store that in along with the user data. So they go ahead and, and do that. And then when you uh, make the call to, um, <clears throat> you know, it's time to say repeat, then you just have to do this dot repeat um, Let's see, I think it's the official call is, uh, yeah, just this dot repeat. So because you're doing multi-platform, then you can create a repeat intent and that's what Google will use. And then you can make a mapping from amazon.repeat intent to repeat intent. So then there's automatically a, a mapping between those two. So then Alexa works and then you just do this dot repeat and it pulls it out of the previous response context and uh, and takes those values and, and puts them in. Now you can do something special in certain circumstances. There's nothing that prevents you from doing right. that, but it's a it's a config setting and a function call inside of repeat, and then it's implemented. Well, that makes sense, and it sounds like you know Jovo is doing largely the same thing that Multivocal is doing on that front. It's you know yeah. except you know automatically saving it for you. Um, yeah. Because it doesn't make sense not to, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, and it's interesting because you, you know, by default, by just turning it on, you have the ability to store, um, you know, just the last request response. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but you can put a value in there, say like three or four. So oh, that's it will nice. Store kind of like um, um, I, I think with Dialogflow, you were able to store kind of a history of of uh, of contexts or an ability to. You're you you could set a context so that it lived for multiple turns. Okay. And you could update the context during those turns. So um, it was certainly possible to store multiple, you know, multiple levels back. Um, the better way to do that, though, would just be to store it in a context and update the context. Okay. Actually, that's similar in some ways to something that I do support in multivocal with Action Builder, is that there is, uh, it keeps track of which, uh, which scenes you are in. And when you change scenes, it keeps a, a stack of the last five or so scenes that you've been in. And there's a way to automatically say, go back three scenes. Oh, or go back to the previous scene. So you could have, for example, a global help intent where you just said, you know, help. You could then look at the last scene that you were in to figure out where you are and provide context sensitive help. And then when you were done, return back to that scene. Oh, interesting, okay. So it's a way of like the same, you know, put a put a placeholder here. I'm gonna go do something else, but then go right back to where you were. Right, okay. right. It, it gives you the ability to do that. It yeah. doesn't, doesn't do it for you automatically, but it gives you the ability to implement that if you need to. Yeah, no, that's... That's that's important. So yeah, so that's I mean, repeats pretty. You know, it seems like it is. Well, it is a crucial thing. They require us to have it, and yet mm -hmm. there's all sorts of different ways to approach it. And we've got only media. You know, we've got some tools to handle it, and some tools that kind of leave it up to us. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's true. It's it's interesting that how the different approaches, and then. Um, you know, the problem with, with Jovo is then you still have to try to figure out how do you, how does this differ across all the different platforms? Right. Like, where do you store it? Is it, and, and I think that's part of the reason why they made the decision to just go ahead and store it in the database, because then that gives them control. They don't necessarily have to worry about, am I storing this in a scene? Am I storing this in a, in a context? Yeah. Am I storing this in, in a, you know, a session? Um, that makes sense. And, and, you know, there's no downside to doing it that way, certainly. That makes yeah. sense. I, I think the, the pre-send handler on the ASK is a really clever approach to doing that though. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I think behind the scenes, that's really what's happening on the Jovo oh, side of yeah, things. Yeah, probably. Is that when you, because um, you don't have to do any additional code in any of the uh, intents to, to store the state, it just says right before, because um, Jovo has this concept of middlewares, which is, is like a pipeline at what different point, and you can do, um, you know, before and after as well. So you could say, I want to, you know, right before I save this to the database or right before um, I return back a response, then it can capture some information. Um, that, that's how, what Speech Markdown does too. It actually takes the, the Speech Markdown that you've put in your code and it's totally not SSML by the time that it gets to the end and right before the end, it converts it into SSML. And, it's actually similar to what multivocal does in this case as well, is there is a, a specific step before it does, uh, there is a final send processing before it actually converts it to the, the response format. And that send processing says, oh, do we need to repeat? Well, in that case, do this and save these values to use in the future, if not. 
right. Well, unless I repeat myself, I think we've pretty much covered uh, uh, the repeat functionality from, from my perspective. So do you think Pete would be okay with, uh, with all of these approaches? I think he would be once he dries off. Okay. So if you've got another approach about how you would handle repeat or what you would do with poor old Pete, uh, we'd love to hear your, your thoughts, your comments. Otherwise, if you've got questions, we'd love to hear your feedback. So take care, everybody. Um, we are Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care. Take care, Alan. Have a good week. You as well, Mark.